Catch Me If You Can, 2002. Hey, hey, I start the show. <laughs> Howdy, partner, and welcome to Tom Hanks Giving. I'm your host, Elvis, and we're continuing Steven Spielberg Month today with 2002's Catch Me If You Can, starring first Leonardo DiCaprio and secondly Tom Hanks. Uh, and today I'm joined by... Stephen Brandon. Stephen Brandon! Hey, Elvis. Hi, how's it going? I'm good, thank you. What do the people know you from? What do the people know me from? Well, I'm infamous. He's infamous. people come up to me all the time. Where do I know you from? Is it that 2010 appearance on Wipeout Blind Date? Is it that episode of Baggage with Jerry Springer? Uh, all the BuzzFeed videos I used to do? Mm -hmm. It's probably because they saw me naked on Dating Naked. Season 1, Episode 2. That's probably where they know me from. Just other things about you. you. You're a writer. You're a Simpsons expert. You love the Muppets. I'm definitely a Muppets expert, too. I'm from Australia. This accent comes from Australia. This is an authentic accent. It's not your Krakosia bullshit. We'll, we'll, get, in that. <laughs> we'll get into that next week. Yes. <laughs> uh, although I've been watching way too much television my whole life, so it kind of sounds half American, half English, because I speak the Queen's English. Uh, right. So but, yeah, it, it yeah. changes as you live in another place long enough. Is that how it works? Or you watch enough television and impersonate those accents. I, fi I find that interesting because I don't usually impersonate voices, but when I've watched too much of a television show, or, or occasionally it'll happen yeah. with a movie, but usually movies aren't long enough or there's not enough of them to soak Yeah, you in. start to take on Jerry Seinfeldisms when yeah. you watch enough Seinfeld. Or it's like, or like just the, the almost the perspective of the character. Like, I always act like so much more of a doofus when I've watched a long string of The Office and I act like <sighs> Michael Scott. Or, yes, Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, or you listen Seinfeld. to Billy Connolly do stand-up and then you swear every second word because exactly. that's what he does. It's, it's a little strange, and I'm not sure it's healthy that I'm so chameleon with what, uh, it's like I'm Kirby, and everything I watch, I, <laughs> I become. Um, well, it's, it's, it's fun when you become Carl Hanratty or other characters like that, right? Yes, and... Uh, I wish I was good with accents. I can't even do a good Australian accent. <laughs> when I have to speak Australian, I'm putting on an accent. On your cobbish, you'll be right, mate. No worries. Yeah, that That's sounds fake. That's me putting on an Australian accent. That sounds so fake. But I have a natural one. But uh, for putting on accents, yes. and for even more so, appropriately, for watching TV and then becoming those characters, uh -huh. you can't get a better movie than Catch Me If You Can. This is true. The Leonardo DiCaprio movie, Catch Me If You Can. What am I doing on a Tom, Hadpon, Tom Hanks podcast when I'm talking about a Leonardo DiCaprio movie? We're doing movie. every Tom Hanks movie. And this is, I mean, I feel like, yes... Leonardo DiCaprio is the main character. Yes, yes, he's the star. But this is still a Hanks picture. You couldn't do this movie without Tom it's, Hanks. Well, yeah, I mean, debatable, but he's I mean, great. But yeah, I'll tell you this, we don't really see Tom Hanks until the 43rd minute. We see him briefly at the beginning whoa, whoa, and briefly in... the 29th minute because they're doing some a device that I don't really like, which is telling it out of order. But his, we don't really see him until 49 minutes into this two-hour and 20-minute production. He, he, he sprinkled throughout, it's true. And there, I, honestly, I think there's a little bit too much of a beginning to this movie, and there's a little too much ending, but we'll get into that in a yes. minute. I do want to talk to you about the out-of-order stuff, but before we do any of that, do you want to quick sum up what is Catch Me If You Can? Catch Me If You Can is the real-life story of Frank William Abagnale Jr., mm -hmm. who, uh, between the ages of 17 to 21, stole countless millions of dollars by f bank and check fraud, uh, and the FBI agent who was on his tail capturing him eventually. Yes. Uh, and his uh, ascent from, uh, you know, simple check frauder to fake pilot to fake lawyer to fake doctor. 
and all the uh, celebrity women he slept with along the way. Yes, this is this is the ultimate schmooze movie, at least until uh, years later when Scorsese did Wolf of Wall Street with Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes. Uh, but I feel like this movie is much more... You're happy for him. Well, this and is the thing. It's a. Uh... I there are two people and there's two stars of this movie, and I'm rooting for both of them. That's. I that's... want Leonardo to win. I want uh, Tom Hanks to win. It's hard to. How could they both win? Because one of them has to get. I know it's captured. It's, it's a perfect yeah. protagonist antagonist because their yeah. goals are completely mutually exclusive. Yes, and I want them both to succeed. Yes, it's a and that's what I uh, going back to what I think works about this movie. What's so much fun is this is a cat and mouse movie. Oh yes, all throughout. It's it is catch me if you can. The music is great. It's that we're on the hunt. It's kind of wabbit season, duck season, yes, wabbit season, music. duck season. It even starts with that music and the opening title animation. I gotta tell you, any movie that starts with opening title animation is a winner. It's bam. It's, it's, it's City Slickers. Bam. Troop Beverly Hills. Bam. Monsters Incorporated. Yeah, I mean you start with that, and, and I'm in. I'm done. There's an, uh, name me one bad movie with an animated opening sequence. <laughs> Impossible to name. They're all fantastic movies. Oh man, did City Slickers two have an animated opening? I don't. I don't. I never. I have to rewatch City Slickers two, but I remember City Slickers one did. Come and get me. Come and get me. Come and get me. <laughs> when we do the Billy Crystal Chandelier podcast many years from now, we'll get to that. I always one. thought Billy Crystal Mouth. <laughs> okay, Billy Crystal Mouth also worked. That works pretty good. Um, that's yeah. a bad Halloween costume. To Ooh. go as Billy Crystal Meth. Billy Crystal Meth, yeah. Ooh. That's good. Think about that one. Okay, uh, Halloween is coming up, kids. You, st- you still have time. Uh, but no, yeah, going back to Which means the Tom can. Hanks Halloween Toy Story special will be on television again. <gasps> Maybe we'll have to do a special episode. But we haven't you're done gonna any have to do, Toy Stories. You, you're going to have to do three Toy Story movies on this podcast. We will. And then a fourth one in a couple of years' time. I'm not looking forward to the fourth one. But yeah, reboot, new kid, it's fine. Uh, uh, It'll be fine. Anyway, um, going back to Catch Me If You Can. Yes. Uh, let's see. Okay, so you said this is based on a true story, but the important thing to note about uh, any movie that's based on a true story is that you can't trust the movie for any sort of fact whatsoever. The real Frank Abagnale Jr. claims that 80% of this movie is accurate, but even when you're doing that, you have to watch the movie and you realize the movie will still trick you because at the end of the movie, and yes, we're jumping to the end, so if you haven't seen it, what's wrong with you? Go stop this podcast. Go watch it. It's amazing. It's Spielberg. And then come back and listen to the rest of the stuff and then tell us what you thought about it. Uh, But, just so, spoiler alert is over now. Um, (laughs) The end of the movie ends with uh, basically a text dump uh, saying this is what happens to these characters. And uh, one of the things it ends with is um, that Frank and Carl remain close friends to this day. And because it comes in with the, that sort of wrap-up epilogue with, through text, you yeah. assume, oh, this is going back to the real-life story. But that's not true. That's only true the, the real-life story as it happens still to the characters in the movie because there is no real Carl Hanratty. Well, his name is Shay. Is it John Shay? There, there was a f- several people Agents. he was based on. Yeah. Um, but... They changed. They, Carl Henrady is this amalgam of characters. Yes, John yes. Shay is the primary person they based it on. They were still friends. He died several years ago. Yes. I mean, in 2002, he may have still been alive when this movie came I out. D- no, I believe he was dead before the movie okay, came out. Okay, there you go. Uh, but the point is, don't trust them. We're, I mean, we're, look, you have, they have this... to add excitement. We all know that at the end of Argo, they weren't chasing them <laughs> as they were getting on the plane at that very exact Whoa. point. But we Spoiler have, again, another true Argo. story. <laughs> Look, for the people out there doing the Ben Affleck podcast, uh, when they get to Argo, they'll know the same thing. Is this true? But you have to add that excitement. And no, that's, no, no. And, and, the, the, and I'm not criticizing the movie or anything. In fact, it's a good thing. But just pointing out two things. We're not talking about the real life thing that happened today on this podcast. 
that is something out of our ex area of expertise. And two, that's just a good thing to keep in mind as you're a movie watcher. You're watching the truth of the movie. You're not watching the truth of anything it's based and on. And then get to go to Wikipedia like I did and look up and his, you know. Yeah, and you get the good stuff. The guy's still alive. He's got three kids. He's working, you know. And, uh, yeah. So we're I mean, not... here's the one thing in the movie that he was one of four children. In real life, and in the movie, there's no mention of three other kids. Yeah, he seems and, to be the and, only son, which is a great, which is a great move because it makes his story much more motivated, more yes. concise, and you, yeah, you don't have to deal with other characters that are basically just no. Like, I mean, most a lot of this film was his relationship with his father, yeah. and trying to please and impress his father. I think those are some of the best acted but slow points of the movie because the scenes between Leo and, and Chris uh, Walker, uh, because again, like. They say later in the movie, no one's chasing anyone during those scenes. Mm -hmm. The scenes are only good when the people are getting chased. And obviously, Leo's character likes to be chased. Yeah. You can tell that, like... and he Not chased, but chased. Can we talk about Elizabeth Banks and Amy Adams and oh, Jennifer Garner? We'll get there, but let's, let's dig into the meat of the movie. Who's the stuff? other hottie that he sleeps with first? Ellen Pompey. They're very cute. Playing very young. They're... Leo and Amy Adams are both 28 playing, like, 17 I don't think movie. Amy Adams has ever looked cuter than smiling through those braces. It's true. It's so adorable. It's true. Um, and also, now, just so we can get this out of the way and move on to the co real content, do you know Amy Acker is in this movie? Amy Acker is in this movie? Amy Acker. I just watched this movie. I didn't recognize Amy Yeah, I saw, Amy I, I saw a glimpse of her, and it's like, <gasps> was that Amy Acker? It did totally is. Did she have a line? No, she doesn't even have a line. She's one of, maybe it has, she had a line that got cut, but she's one of the uh, girls he takes to be one of the flight attendants when he's sneaking in. Oh, wow. And it was for just a second, I was like, wait a minute, is that yeah, Fred? She, and she, I had she to... Was, yeah, probably an, an extra in that. But yeah. that scene went a rather long time just to build up to that mm -hmm. thing with the girls. I mean, it was a brilliant execution. It was very fun to watch. Yeah. But it, I was going, maybe we could have cut this out a bit as I was reaching past the two-hour mark. Yeah, exactly. There's, a, there's a lot a of bit. things that's like, if this was one of the fewer capers in the movie, you would give it this time. But yeah. Was she in the credits, Amy Acker? I, I mean, I... She's on IMDb, credited. Okay. That's as how her, I as, that's a, how I as a character name? Yeah, character name was... Because he uh, does call their names. Yeah, I think her but... name is Migsy. Okay. No, that's... That, <laughs> right? that sounds... We gotta capture him, Migsy. Where's Migsy, sir? It's something with an M and a Z at the end. Okay, sure. Maisie? Mipsy? Mimsy. Is she one of the ones that, that, that get called out like the lottery, or she's just one of the ones walking at the at the scene? I noticed her from walking. Okay. So, I I'm okay. assume, I assume they... That's a very good eye if you notice an yeah. Amy Acker walk. Well, I'm always on the lookout for Amy Acker. Uh, okay. Uh, so, okay, anyway. Have you ever seen her here in Hollywood? No, but, okay. but now I know I will. Now I you, you recognize that walk. I will not miss that. See, here's the thing. Maybe we'll go off topic. This movie starts by telling you the end. This is my issue. Oh, oh no, no, no. Okay, yeah, actually, real quick. I do want to jump into that, but before we do that, I want to ask you, what do you think of the game show opening? Okay, this is the second time this movie has started. I've seen a movie that starts this way. Mm -hmm. And the first movie I've seen recently, more recently, is I Am Big Bird. Because this is based on the TV game show To Tell the Truth. where It's a, literally the movie that is the game show in this movie. Yes, and that's a real game show. And the real Frank appeared on the real game show. where the, the premise of this game show is there are three people pretending to be one person who's very interesting. And celebrities must determine which person is telling the truth and which person is lying. Mm -hmm. uh, if you've seen I Am Big Bird, Carol Spinney, the guy who performs Big Bird, was on To Tell the Truth. And they start the movie the exact same way where they talk about him and they have to guess who it is. And this is a recreation of that. That's fascinating. Uh, using that. Leonardo as Frank, but then 
actual footage from the To Tell the Truth episode. The host on that show is real footage, the celebrities is the real footage, but when they look at the actual... The, the three actors, the three it's actors. obviously not them. It's, it's obviously because Leo's in there. Okay, see, that's interesting. I didn't know it was a real show, but I thought it was a very clever use of like, all right, we need to dump some exposition. Let's just get it out. Well, yes. Well, that's the thing. They're basically telling you his whole story in this exposition and then going backwards and showing you the story. Uh, but, yes, there's a lot of exposition. Exp- <laughs> that's all, folks. There is a lot of exposition dump. Yeah, uh, and I thought it was like, because that was something I never remembered, you know, yeah. as I'm thinking back to this movie. Well, watching to tell the truth, has had like six seasons, six series over the last six decades. That's insane. And they just filmed another six episodes hosted by Anthony Anderson for ABC. And Betty White has been a panelist in like four decades worth of shows. Wow. So, How have I never heard of this show as a real show before? Uh, because it hasn't been. It's, I'm guess just it's, not in the game show loop, it's, guys. Yeah, you, you haven't been checking enough GSN. I guess so. Um, you know, go watch my episode of Baggage on GSN. I, I'm uh, only I'm only down for game shows if they're starring you. So I guess well, uh, yeah, if you're in you it. Know, uh, I, I, here's a little plug. I'm going to be on on uh, Spike TV coming up this month Ooh. on Sweat Inc. Well, Julian Michaels show. We we'll usually, get to that at the end. We usually keep the plugs till the end, but we'll, we'll make sure we'll to plug, get that. We'll plug it at the end. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. But let's jump into this whole. You seem to have a problem with the way the movie's told in Flash Forward, Flash Back. I don't appreciate being told at the very beginning of the movie, he's going to get caught by this guy. Because I, I okay. want the cat and mouse. I'm going to let you make your argument, and then yes. I'm going to tell you why you're wrong. Okay, sure, sure. I mean, I've seen this movie several times before. I watched it again when you so politely, generously asked me to be on this podcast. Of course. And I was like... Because they just kept flashing to and fro. Yes, he escapes at the end. He's got his long hair and he's in France. If they were going to start with that, fine, and then tell me the whole story in order. But then they keep jumping back to the airplane where Tom Hanks is asking him how he passed the law, the bar exam. And it was just like, where this place is, this movie's been taking place all over the world. We're jumping from city to city. We're jumping from time period to time period. On top of that, do we have to jump from future to, p- to past all the Did time? Did you have problems keeping track of where we were in time and space? Uh, was there pro- any... Did- I probably didn't have any problems because I'd seen the movie before, because they do put the thing on the screen. I mean, look, I was looking to pay attention to this movie because I knew I was doing a podcast yes. about it. So I was looking. He gets caught in 1969. We go back to 1963. Then we flash forward to 1969 again. So I was looking for that. If I wasn't paying as much attention, I think I would have been a little lost. Really? Uh, and you can tell... Leonardo has long hair or short hair, that's the difference. But why keep hammering in that he's going to get caught when I want, to s- I want to be on the edge of my seat? I want to be surprised. Is he going to catch him? When is he going to catch him? How is he going to catch him? Uh, we keep uh, pulling the rug out from under me just by waving it in my face. Hey, he's getting caught. Don't worry. It's going to happen. Well, here's the thing. Here, here's the thing. Um, you actually asked the question the movie's asking in your little rant there. Because the movie isn't about... Does he get caught? In the very beginning, even before the game show stuff, we see the opening animation and it completely tells you exactly what happens in the movie. It goes through every single sequence in the movie. Uh, and then we see the game show and we hear everything that has ever happened to this guy. So we already know what's... The... TMI movie. Yeah. TMI. And then we cut to, you know, he's getting caught by Carl Hanratty at yeah. the very beginning of the movie in France at, in 1969. So we know that's coming. So basically, the whole movie is not about, does he get caught? We know that from the very get-go. The movie is about, how does he get caught? And that's where I feel like the cat and mouse game is so much more important. Because the cat's going to catch the mouse. Uh, 
It's it's the not if you're Tom and Jerry. It's the reverse of Tom and Jerry, but you also know in Tom and Jerry that the cat will not catch the mouse. It's yes. How does it not happen? So I feel like it's just the rules are reversed, but it's all about the how, and it even is hammered home because of Carl's question is always how did you pass the bar? It's not mm. did you pass the bar? It's like how did you do it? So that's what the whole movie. It's basically how did you do it? It's we're, unreve- we're revealing it's, a it's, magician's trick it's, the whole time. It's interesting because I'm more of a Murder, She Wrote fan than a Columbo fan. Murder, She Wrote, you see the murder, Jessica Fletcher solves the murder, you find out who did it then. Columbo, <laughs> you find out at the very beginning who did the murder, and then you have to watch Peter Falk figure out who did the murder, and you don't, know the whole time. Don't get me wrong. That sounds really boring. <laughs> <laughs> and I love a good mystery, but I feel like this is... like Spielberg's not going to be the kind of person who makes a choice haphazardly. This is the kind of movie he wanted to tell, and I think the movie is better for that. But it's I, not a mystery. If you were trying to figure out the whole yeah. time, because like he's giving you these answers, and this is something we talked about in the Saving Private Ryan movie, we were thought it was confusing why they were kind of leaving this question. Who was the old man? Was it Ryan? Was mm-hmm. it Tom Hanks? Uh, and who was the grave? Because like, it, it, I'm still not convinced that that mystery actually gave anything to the movie outside of a a very small hook at the very beginning but you didn't need that because event like yeah. two seconds later d-day happens like, i mean if, if you played this movie out in real time that's the thing you wouldn't get to tom hanks till about an hour into the movie if you played it out in real time which is maybe is do you think that is one reason why they started it at the beginning so you could see some tom hanks mm. early on in the movie mm. well because that's mean, what it feels like it's like hey don't forget tom hanks is in this movie so let's just show him the beginning and because we see him for a minute at the beginning and then a minute and movie a minute 29 and then he doesn't actually catch up to where the movie is until movie 40 minute 49 and that's where he would make his first appearance if not, you were doing this chronologically it's not an entirely uh I think that's actually probably a good point, but it's not just because, I mean, obviously you want to let your audience know Tom Hanks is in this movie because he's the best. But I also think it's true because obviously Leo dominates the movie. It's Mm -hmm. his story. There's so much more story that he has, but you said at the very beginning is that uh, you're rooting for both of these characters. So I think it's important that very right up at the beginning, we got to see both of them, what they want, what their goals and motivations are. It's very interesting because by the end of the movie, has Carl really caught Frank, or has Frank just given up and said, catch me? Because he's given clues, he's dropping breadcrumbs, he's not even surprised to see him when he gets caught. <laughs> this is a great... And, you know, he's like, he wants out. He said he wants out of this life. He, he just wants to get married and settle down. And his wife turns, or his fiance turns on him. So it's like, I, I want to stop... He, it's easy for Carl to catch him if he stops running. Mm-hmm. So, okay, then that's a great question. Do you feel like... Carl ever gets the, the the jump on him, or is it just he's defeated? Uh, it's kind of because obviously these characters have they change way over the yeah. entire thing, and from the get go when we first see Carl, he's all business. It's all about catching this guy and locking him up and making him get all the punishment he deserves, and he totally softens by the end of the movie. He becomes basically a surrogate well, father. Well, I was that's what I'm gonna say because. He kind of becomes his son. Yeah. Um, At what point in the movie do you feel like this happens? Well, it's when he's figured him out. By the second Christmas call, when he's expecting it, and yes, he has yes. his two, his two cronies, his mooks, his mooks, his donut-eating mooks, sitting <laughs> got, there ready to go. Before we forget, I just knock knock. This, well, yes, the knock knock joke is incredible. 
Uh, and I got it, but there's a couple details I'll point out, but I just want to point out this one because I, th- I feel like I'll forget it. There's one point, it's after the first time he's met uh, Frank uh, in the hotel room and yes. he gets away because he's Secret Service yes. bullshitting him. Uh, and then he's talking to his supervisor and the two mooks are just eating ice cream sandwiches. Yeah, because yeah, they still got their good and plenty or whatever it was. <laughs> Even though they fucked up, they still got their ice cream. It's brilliant. Why um, does he have this compulsion to take labels off things? Leo's character, Frank, he takes the labels no, no, of the things and he puts them in the wallet. I mean, he did that, we saw that Before just to wallet. justify the wallet. But then later on... We see it again. We see it at the champagne glass. Yeah. Is that a nervous tick? They say you're sexually frustrated if you peel labels off things. Mm-hmm. Just like if you like the well, color purple. actually that kind of makes sense because yeah. uh, we know that she... There was having some trouble in the bedroom because... Sure, but this is Leo. I'm sure he, yeah. uh, he got it done. He well, got the job done. Yeah, but uh, well, okay. I did find it odd when we saw it again. I thought it was more just like a visual consistency thing rather than a. But uh, now it seems because we saw it again, it seems like this is it, a little tick that he has. Yeah, it wasn't. It didn't build to anything after that first no. time. No, which it just it randomly did, came. It back. didn't need to. Yeah, it no. felt a little perfunctory. But mm. at the same time, I I did appreciate that there was a visual cue. Yes. Uh, character consistency. But yeah, it, the first time I didn't see it as a tick, I saw it as a strategy. That, seemed, that scene was very slow. Tom Hanks comes to the engagement party, ready to catch Leo, and Leo's upstairs packing his bags, chatting to Amy Adams, and I'm like, why hasn't Hanratty just walked upstairs already and busted him? That yeah. scene took a long time for him to get into that room, and oh, he's already escaped. Well, I mean, part of it is you got to give movie time yes. its credit. Yes. You got to get... You got to have Tom Hanks have a scene with Martin, Martin Sheen. Well, of course. You can't put those two in a movie and not have them have a scene. True. Uh, the, I mean, they even he made it, managed to get a scene with Christopher Walken, pretty much everybody. Uh, mm-hmm. He even has a tiny little bit with Amy a- uh, Adams there. Yes. In the, the, the mirror shot. Yes. Um, but uh, the other part, of, the other big component is that Hanratty's a boob. He's a total boob. And I kind of love that. I love how horrible he is. I love job. Tom Hanks with an accent and a bit of weight on him. When he's got a Hankson and he's got a little <laughs> Hanks chub. Yes. Uh, there was no gonna... topless Hanks this time. There's no topless Tom. We didn't need it. We didn't need it. No, but... But, uh, oh God, but he... uh, that is the thing about this movie. It's kind of like the majestic, I guess. Are they telling the truth or are they doing magic tricks? Is the French police waiting outside at the end of the movie to capture him? Like he says, does he really have a daughter named Grace and an ex-wife? Um, these things keep the characters guessing and keep us guessing. Yeah. Because we never see his ex-wife or his no, daughter. No, no. We just see the wedding ring. We see the wedding ring. We see. I mean, obviously there's a confession up front, but he doesn't go to see the daughter. Uh, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm going to believe the story that we get at the end. Yes. But... Uh, and the, the French police do show up. But yeah, that's yes. a great little tense moment. Is yeah. you think, And I honestly, when I was watching it this time, I couldn't remember if, I, yeah. if they did come and, and they didn't. is Leonardo going to come back at the end after he goes away for that weekend? Um, knock, knock on the door. It's Mook number one. Yeah. It's not really him. And then he shows. Oh, man. He was really late for work, though. <laughs> Mook number one? Or well, Frank? yeah. And then Both Frank. of them. This is one of the few movies I can even possibly fathom for that's a Spielberg movie that has ending fatigue. This this guy is usually great at like boom, we get our climax, we sell the message of the movie, we're out. Like we're done in Jurassic Park so quickly after those raptors get eaten by that T-Rex. It's like, "Whoa, that's it? The credits are rolling?" This is true. They do have several endings in this movie because 
Every time he gets caught, he escapes. But, well, so they have to keep going. But the only time he like really gets caught is the the very beginning caught in France. And I think I think you're allowed one more last escape, which is going to through the toilet in the airplane through the toilet, to yeah. see the mom. And that, that and that I buy that. But yeah, then yeah. it was everything after that felt. Well, that was your well, look. I think you needed your epilogue. You needed. I it, think you needed for sure. the. He got a job. They worked together. He had his chance to escape. No one was chasing him anymore. It's He's, yeah. Then you know it's all, it's all you needed more than yeah. what we then you couldn't have ended, ended the movie there, especially because it's based on a true story and a lot of that stuff really happened. But it did feel like after that we needed to really wrap it up a lot faster. Yeah, I do wonder what happened to the father in real life. I haven't been able to do any research online to find that what, his father actually did break his neck falling down at Grand Central. What I found out is actually that the father in real life, he never saw him again after running away from the divorce. Uh-huh. They never made up. There was never any communication. That was simply a Spielberg. So this was a story device in. to get him to want to escape, go visit the mother, Having the motivation, again. yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I think it works. I mean, it's kind of... Yeah. It's kind of a uh, people like to criticize that it's a standard Spielberg thing to have a dad, daddy issues plot. But I thought you know when it's well hey, done. Hey, at least it's he well has done. parents, unlike every Disney movie where you're not allowed parents. Yeah. Or someone has to die. <laughs> uh, kudos to Christopher Walken, Academy Award nomination for this film for doing his best non-Christopher Walken. He's really trying in this movie. And yeah, you can tell. he's reined it in. The cadence is on level. And that mouse speech is written. To yes. be Christopher Walken. Yeah. And he, he plays it really, you know, yeah. not safe. Yeah. He plays it real straight. Yeah. I, oh, it's great. Did you buy Leo as a 17-year-old? That kid is... Uh... The hair. I think it's all in the hair. Yeah, I think so. He's, he's super young looking. Yeah. Uh... And then by the time he gets out of jail, he's got that weird haircut that looks like his father's haircut. Mm-hmm. So he looks definitely looks older. Yeah, I think he, he's got a face that really plays... Right. He's he still could... got that grown pains face in this movie. Yeah, he he, uh, you know? he, he can't do it now. No. <laughs> but no. Uh, no, in this movie, he still looks super fresh, super yeah. young. Uh, so I buy it. I'm, okay. I'm down. Yeah, I'm I in. totally buy it. Did you notice that uh, there's a scene where Tom Hanks catches him and finds the typewriter? Yes. Yes, and it's like, ooh, you know Tom Hanks loves that typewriter. <laughs> you know uh, Tom Hanks asked Spielberg to take that home Yeah. see yeah. if it was real. Oh, another little detail uh, is... In one of the last scenes at the at the FBI, um, Carl's in front of a chalkboard, and on the chalkboard there's uh, Tom and Steven's fourth project, which oh. obviously, as we're doing Steven Spielberg month, this is the second ish entry in Steven Spielberg month with Spielberg directed Hank starring, uh, but they've actually worked on worked on other projects because this is this is number four, Saving Private Ryan and Band of Brothers were before this, but. Uh, Spielberg only produced Band of Brothers mm-hmm. um, and then it, he was also a producer on The Money Pet uh, so Bridge of Spies is number 5 in terms of directing acting it'll be number 4 number 4 but overall well so it, so Bridge of Spies is their fourth project if you were going to say counting, if you're only one director one actor one director one actor yes yes, uh-huh. yes. Uh, and that'll be out next week, and we'll be talking about it two weeks from now. Uh, the other thing I thought was interesting or silly was the dollar bill for the money flies from <laughs> yeah. underneath the the door in a very CGI effect past hand. It was very Forrest Gump. That, that with the plastic they... bag just go. Very, was that an homage to Forrest Gump? Yeah, I think it, just... it literally was an homage yeah. to Forrest Gump. At least that's how IMDb credits it. Uh-huh. It's like it's that feather flying by. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there's a lot of emphasis on the guns. 
Those guns stick out a lot. Yeah, and it's it's so weird because like the first time it happens at the hotel, it's like it's done very purposefully as a character decision because it's like this guy should not be pulling out his gun this early. This is an accountant who's yeah. holding a gun, <laughs> and he barely he's probably never shot his gun off no. before. He doesn't shoot it in this movie. No one gets shot in this movie. No, it, and the gun it's... never fires. I don't believe a gun fires in this movie. No, no one gets hurt. I mean, and oh, that's a good thing to pull back to is that. Is this a victimless crime? Victimless crime? Is that why we can get behind this guy? Because it's but, just the banks. Yeah, but going back to uh, the gun note, um, he he pulls out the gun and it's hilarious. And there's this one shot when they find his, it's sort of like his beach house, I think, but yes. when he was a doctor, and it's just focusing close-ups on the gun. And yeah. we're, we're getting that great camera work from Spielberg, where it's all close-ups and one shot, and then it becomes our wide and our master. It reminds me of the making of Who Framed Roger Rabbit where those weasels are carrying the guns. And if you watch the making of it, it's just a gun on a string being <laughs> moved around because they had to add in the weasel in animation later. And if you've ever seen that special, it's just it's all gun. And it doesn't even matter who the hand is. It's just little guns going That's around. funny. I was going to say it reminds me of uh, Keys, the character from E.T. Mm-hmm. Because when before, like, the first 75% of that movie, we don't see any adults' faces besides the mom. And we just keep getting focused on, like, hands and stuff as these guys are looking for E.T. And we see the Keys yeah. character. And I was like, this is... Carl Hanred is kind of like an evolution or at least a, a different variation on the Keys character. He's this father figure for this troubled boy who's mm. going through all sorts of malarkey. It's very interesting in that beach house when they're having that party and Leo's all mature now. And he's like, oh, don't spill. Catch this and watch the record player. How did he make all these friends? I mean, that doesn't surprise me. Like, yeah. he's such a charming guy. He kind of yeah. radiates this. It is interesting, like, that he lets this many people in because mm. it seems like a vulnerability for this guy, but maybe this is part of his decline on, like, kind of wanting to get caught. Yeah. Just, you know, I mean, he's he's doing all this for his parents for his to, to do what his father can't do, to have the luxuries of life that his father wants that he can't provide for him. He's trying to... Do you buy the whole divorce thing being, like, the... It's so traumatic to this seventeen-year-old kid. Like, well, he, I just, maybe like, he wants his father just to be happy. Is is that what I mean? Like, it, they really sink it with. Uh, again, I think the beginning's a little front-loaded, but they really sink it with one shot where he's watching his his dad dance with his mom, and he has eye contact with. Uh, yeah, that's they show that again. Yeah, later. Yeah, they, they do show it again yeah, later. Yeah. Um, and why not? It's a it's a great yeah. little moment, but. Uh, in that moment, yeah, you see, like, he wants this happy family, and he gets it almost when he's with uh, uh, Martin Sheen and uh, Amy Adams' family, because he gets to see them in the kitchen kind yes. of dancing with each other, and he's becoming part of this family. So it, And then he gets to see later that his mother has that with a new daughter, yeah. and Josh Brolin. Uh, that was Josh Brolin? James Brolin. No, the dad. Yeah. I was that was, excuse me, that was Papa Brolin. <laughs> Papa Brolin. Uh, yeah, I didn't think it was... Um, no, it was Thanos. very, very short Josh, uh, <laughs> James Brolin cameos. Yeah. Um, a lot of people in this movie. But, yeah, so do you mm. buy the whole, that motive? It's certainly consistent, I guess, because he's constantly trying to create this family with... Uh, and he keeps writing to his dad to show him how well he, what no. he's achieved. So, I think he's just trying to do what his dad couldn't do. Yeah. And, hey, he buys him a car. Look, I can provide for you, but Dad says no. I caught the train here, and I'm getting the train home. Sorry, son. What was what was uh? And this is just my ignorance now. What was what was Christopher Walken's crime? 
Like, why did he, the IRS go after him so bad? I don't think they fully explained. He, he he had a shop front. He had a shop. Yeah, he had a shop. And I don't know I if think, he was cooking he was, the books. He was or... doing really well at front. Yeah. And he was getting trying to get a loan, and it didn't seem like he was using the manipulation techniques that Leo uses as a criminal later. He was using them. His only technique honestly. is the, his, only, his only technique is the necklace. Yeah. Which he must get from a junk store because yeah, otherwise it wouldn't. That's you know, true. but his uh, necklace doesn't work on that male bank manager. Uh, you know but, what, the, nec- the, the yeah. necklace does work for Leo at that first flight attendant, and that is one of my favorite cuts in all of all of cinema. It's just like the he's putting it on her neck, and he's like, yeah. no, 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 hard cut. Yes, yes, yes! yes! At the very beginning where it becomes the substitute teacher, there he gets pushed by this kind of jock kid. That but, was so, uh, you know, uh, Back to the Future, yeah. 1950s. But what, what struck me was when I paid attention to it, the... Jock's best friend is a totally nerdy-looking I saw that, too. I was like, what's up with that? Yeah. The jock pushes him, and then another guy in a sweater vest and glasses comes up and was like, good on you. And I'm like, that makes no sense at all. And the next scene, they're still, like, laughing about it, and they're still friends. And I was like, that's so interesting, like, that you would choose such... Like, he's more dorky than... Leo by yeah. a long shot, but they're like friendly. I want to see that movie too. Like, well done Spielberg on just like creating these little worlds inside of your world. I love that attention to detail. That's the the ice cream sandwiches again. That's mm-hmm. the other thing. Oh, and this scene where he's talking to his basically he's confronted his mom about cheating uh, with James Brolin's character when she's in the kitchen and that sunlight is just blasting at her. Uh, every time she's in the light, she's telling lies. And then she goes in between uh, the light from the, the living room and the light from the kitchen, and is in the darkness. That's the only time where she's constant, or she's being honest with him. Mm-hmm. And oh, just the attempt. Like you think of this movie as maybe yeah. a lighter Spielberg, where it's like, oh, he was just he's there's still masterwork in every scene. Is this movie a, a comedy, or is it an action thriller? What's what's the genre of this movie? I would put it as a comedy. I was yeah. laughing throughout. Yeah, but I mean, is that because we just enjoy Tom Hanks's? Tom Hanks is providing most of the comedy. True. I mean, it is a. It's a, it's it's a, a caper. It's like a, it's a caper. Is that what would a, you that, put? What would you put Ocean's Eleven as? Because it's very similar. Yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's it's it's, it's an action comedy. Is it? Although it's not action. action it's no, not action, action. Implies fighting. There's no fighting. No. But it's not a thriller as much. I would. I would call it a caper. It's like, a caper comedy. Yeah, like you know, you the have caper is not really it's not a, the great a, Muppet comedy. It's the great Muppet caper. <laughs> This is one of the best capers out there uh, yeah. in the last couple of years. Yeah. Uh, I would call it a caper for sure. But I mean, I, 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 uh, Walken was nominated for Best Supporting Actor in a Drama. Although the Academy doesn't uh, distinguish, distinguish between, between comedy. And that's, Golden Globes does. Yeah. And it would be musical or comedy. I, I think so too, but you know, be, they didn't call it out as a drama. You, can't, you can yeah. be nominated for a comedy. It's, Let's not forget... It, uh, Melissa McCarthy and Bridesmaids. Yeah. Speaking of musicals, uh, side note: Catch Me If You Can has since become a Broadway musical. I didn't know based this. On this movie, uh, does not star Tom Hanks. So we're not going to be reviewing it on this. Uh, podcast. I'll just say that Norbert Leo Butts, uh, who is a Broadway veteran, did play Carl Hanratty and won the Tony for his performance, beating the two Book of Mormon guys. Wow. Uh, go to YouTube, check out his song. Uh, from the Tonys, um, about cops and robbers, about always, about, it's called Don't Break the Rules. He does a great performance, a nice little kind of tap dance thing. Uh, so there is a musical of this uh, movie if you want to see it in song. 
And uh, we'll put that link to that song in the show notes. Sure. Aaron Teviot. Aaron Teviot. Plays the Frank character, Leo's character. Mm. He went on to be in Les Mis, the movie, and he's in, uh, I think it was Graceland, which is a USA show. Um, so, yes. And, of course, uh, it launched that popular dance, the Catch Me If You Can Can. <laughs> of course. No. Does Tom Hanks lose weight over this movie? I think he does. You watch the chin. You watch that double chin on Hanratty, and I think it slip, slips away as the movie progresses. He becomes more obsessed with the case, and... Uh, so he's not eating as much? He's like... Do his glasses change? The his glasses change. change. Like, yeah. his glasses... He definitely has more old man glasses by the end of the movie. Yeah. It's showing how... Obviously how time has passed, but also yeah. just how much is taken... This is taken out of him. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, and, you know, he gets a little older, it's like, maybe I want this guy around. Well, once, you, once you have that nemesis, that Moriarty... That, uh, How can you take him away? Yeah, yeah exactly. As, as the Joker puts, I'm nothing without you, Batman. Yes. So you can't have Hanratty get rid of Frank. It's, yeah. They have to have this, this ongoing partnership somehow. Would you chop 20 minutes off this movie? Is two hours enough? This is 2.20? I mean, there's obviously been longer Tom Hanks movies out there. Certainly. And, good God, Cloud Atlas. Uh, <laughs> do you feel like the movie is too long? Just looking at it, like when it comes up and you even go, 2.20, whoa. Um... When, it's, when you're watching Which it, though. Probably not, because I do think, feel the movie resets in the middle when he goes from Pan Am to Doctor. That's kind of a mm-hmm. reset button. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of see what you're saying. But, but the whole thing is like, part of the appeal of the movie is he's a pilot, he's a doctor, he's a lawyer. Yeah. So you know he has to go through those kind of yeah. episodes. But you're yeah. right, there is a slight reset. But it, it doesn't feel... That's yeah. not where I feel length. I feel just a bit of length at the end and... Again, I think you could cut out ten, maybe ten, well, maybe five minutes, mm. ten if you're being harsh, uh, from the beginning, just before he, before the divorce. I don't think you need yeah. that much information about, yeah, we get it, he loves his, his dad, yeah. and his mom is hot, uh, and she doesn't love yeah. his dad. <laughs> Did you like the Jennifer Garner cameo? Was she, was she a big enough of a name to have that cameo, or was I she just doing a role? I back in 2002. I it's, mean, uh, Alias had been on, but she, 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 she was... She was you know, I think... It's before Ben. Before Ben. I think Ben helped increase her profile. I think this was... I think this was... People knew her, like, but it was more like when you recognize... Like, she wouldn't favorite... have got paid a lot of money to do that yeah. role. And she it was wasn't a, it was a super movie small star. Too. She wasn't a movie star. This was no Juno for her. No, but she certainly had this look about her. And I mean, do you... I don't know if you need that scene in the movie. It's just cute That's and true. fun. Is that, does he lose his virginity to her? No, he does to the, the flight attendant. Oh, the flight attendant, that's right. That's the that's best right. date that's he's right. ever been on. That's right. Yeah. Um, but he does guy. end up having sex with this prostitute and steal $400 from her. Yeah, this is probably a good to, as good a time as any to talk about how we're totally rooting for a criminal this whole movie. Like, it's, yes. it's very much the same. Uh, we made the comparison earlier to Ocean's Eleven, mm. where it's like, these are this is a criminal, but we totally want him to get away with it. Because we're there with them. It's kind of like sticking it because to the man. Because if we could get away with taking a million dollars and no one catching us, we would do it. It's a movie where we, we're on his side and it's easy to get on his side because when, he, he, when he swindles someone, yeah. it's real cool. He's not hurting anyone, theoretically. Well, uh, I think... And he's stealing from the man... And we all like to be the underdog and be like, yeah, the, the government. Well, then I've got, I've got to say it's uh, tricking Amy Adams and the family into marriage. I mean, does he really love her? That was my next question. Does he really love her? 
or does he just want to be a family man and, again, be like his father, find that one girl? Um, I mean, that engagement party that Martin Sheen threw was very expensive. Oh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure the money that they found in his bedsheets will cover it. Oh, sure, okay. I don't feel that bad about that. But I'm just saying, uh, poor Amy Adams' character swindled. Um, She's got to get an abortion at 15. She's got to... You know, she gets find kicked out, out of her house. Kicked, she's, and then she finds out that her fiancé is a liar, cheat, and wanted by the FBI. Poor Amy Adams. I know, I feel so bad for Amy Adams. If but, only I could comfort her right now. But do you think he really loved her? Or can a person in that situation... Like, it's hard to really quantify. Do you love someone, or is it just the situation around you I think he loved the love idea her. of her. For sure. And what she would represent, and what he could then do with his life. So the, it was it was she just fit the mold. Yes, I don't yeah. like. I mean, I'm sure he he certainly was fond of her. He went yeah. back for her. He chose her. Yeah, he basically said, "I'll take you." He could have taken anyone. <laughs> isn't that how we all? Isn't that how it works for all of us, though? At a certain, well, sometimes it, it sneaks up on you. Sometimes you don't know it's coming. Mm-hmm. Well, that's because they chose you. You this someone usually chooses someone in this in the situation. Yeah, and but yeah. and then it's like. He never, yeah, when he finally became a free man, he didn't go back to her, but that's probably a good thing, because I'm sure the family hates him at that point. Well, yeah, well, she turned on him. It, it wasn't, he found out that yeah. it wasn't true love on her behalf, either. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's sad. <laughs> Not that, you know, I mean, he was a Poor criminal. character, Frank, from the movie. <laughs> but he got his happy ending. He did. Just like it said. He did. He had the kids. He's got wife. married with kids, and he's getting paid millions of dollars. And he's staying out with Tom Hanks pretty much every day. Yeah. That's a. So, I want that happy ending. I don't care if I have to go to jail for twelve years. He he doesn't even go for jail, to jail for twelve years. Yeah, he ended up in for five years. He he basically grew his hair out and did the male run. Mhm. Mhm. And then it, because his father had died, he had no one else to to really care for. So you know, he had, no one else was visiting him in jail. It was just except Hanks. to Hanks. Hanready. So who do you think? Who do you think was right? Hanready or Frank? Right and what? Just who do, you, who do you agree with? Who do I agree with? I don't, I don't think there's a question you being posed who's right. <laughs> you think Hanratty should have let him go? No. Okay. No, he did his job. I think Hanratty did the right thing by recruiting him. That's, by making him yeah. an informant. But how do you feel about, like, because this is such a, it's such a young movie, a youthful person's perspective. Because Hanratty comes in and he's the wet blanket. He's, he's the, all the rules, he's shutting you down. Uh, but I can appreciate his point of view. Of course. Because do you he, feel does like, it, he does it so well. Do you feel like we can appreciate it, though, because we're a little bit older now? Do you think if He's we the man. Younger, uh, do you think if I were young, I'm like, I'm we running teenager, from the man. We would yeah. be like, fuck you, Tom fuck Hanks. You. Yeah, if we were teenager, yeah, we would be. And we would all be about Leo trying to get... Because the whole movie, it's like, oh, no, get away, get away. Yeah, but how long can Leo really do that for? That's true. I mean, Leo's going to grow old, too. He kind of st- he started. Yeah. Uh, he knows that four years of this is probably enough. Mm-hmm. You know, at some point he can just take his money and run. Yeah. Now, of all the movies you're going to cover on this Tom Hanks giving podcast, how many of those movies is Tom Hanks a supporting player in versus a lead? Every movie he's in, he's a, he's an actor in, we will be covering. And there are several movies where he is a supporter. His first movie, he's barely in it. It's uh, a horror film called He Knows You're Alone, and I think he's a bit part. Mm-hmm. And we'll but be he, doing the whole he movie. He jumped up to leading man status pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. Was it, I mean, was it Splash? No, no, he ju- it was the, the next right? movie. He was in Monsters and Mazes, a television movie uh-huh. that was... 
basically a PSA backlash about Dungeons and Dragons and the, the terrors therein. Yeah. Um, maybe we'll do that next Halloween, but this yeah. month, this year it's all Spielberg. Is he a supporting character in the Polar Express? No, because he, he plays every character, I would uh-huh. say. And yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I'm, I just, I'm hard, him, hard pressed but, to but think of a, Tom in a supporting role. This besides is a this movie, movie, though, that's a two-hander, obviously. But it doesn't become a two-hander until halfway through the movie. Only if you don't have that beginning, though. And we yes. do have that beginning. That's, yes. I would say, super important. Like, I love the detail that in that very first scene, it's the last time, well, the second to last time, technically. Third to last time, technically. <laughs> that he's chasing... Uh, he's chasing Frank, and as soon as he like he's he's gone, and he open, sees that open door, he just kind of smiles to himself. He's like, Frank. Yeah. It's like you can't get yeah. away this time, buddy. And he yeah. knows he's just gonna keep trying. Uh, but yeah, there are a number of movies where Tom Hanks is not the lead character and is part of an ensemble or a supporting character, or even he cameos. We'll be doing the Simpsons movie, <laughs> and I think you might have to come back to talk about that one. That'll He's be a playing fun, himself. That'll yeah. be a fun bonus day. Don't mm-hmm. worry. It'll be a while before we get to that, Tom Hanks <laughs> fans. But yeah, he does play a supporting character in this movie. How do you feel in the Hanks lexicon that comes across? I think he plays it like a lead character. Um, mm-hmm. He's... I mean, I guess the only reason he's supporting, I would really say, is his amount of screen time. Because it's not his story... It's Leo's story. Right, right. Uh, but when Tom Hanks is in a scene, he's so commanding. Uh, and if you look at it, do they even share much screen time in, in, except in those flash-forwards and the end? Well, because are they, they're usually, when they're talking, they're on the phone. They're on the phone. Or the one time they, they first meet. There's two times, yeah, they're in, the, in the, time, the, uh, the, the caper timeline, essentially. Yes. There's the time they first meet. They, yeah. They're in the same spot. Yeah. And then when he catches them. Yeah. Every other time, it's like he passes him by, like at the airport, he passes yeah. him by just in the background. So they're super yeah. close. They're grazing across each other. Yeah, I don't know how friendly Tom and Leo became on set because they probably weren't there together a lot of the time. Yeah. You know, they weren't hanging out in the trailer singing Kumbaya. <laughs> uh, I mean, I was an extra on Revolutionary Road uh, for oh, a couple of days in New guy. York uh, shooting with Leo. And he was very quiet to himself. He was on his phone a lot. That sounds right um, for Leo. You know, he wasn't... Now. I don't think he was like, I have to be in character and everyone ignore me. I just think he was just being Leo. He's like lining up his next date for that night. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm sure Tom... I'm, to, I'm pretty sure Tom is one of these actors who knows everybody's name on the crew, who's very friendly. He knows every, I mean, he's probably worked with so many people the same... This was his third yeah, Spielberg yeah. movie. I'm sure they second had a lot Spielberg of... Movie. Soon as second Spielberg movie. Second directed Spielberg movie. They, I'm sure they have a lot of the same crew. Yes. You know... So they didn't spend too much time together. We actually have already done a movie in an, on Tom Hanks giving where Tom Hanks is technically not the main character, and that's Dragnet. Mm-hmm. He's technically yeah. second banana to Dan Aykroyd. So it's not. That's true, but he's kind of there the whole time. Yeah, I mean that's like that's like saying Hooch is a second banana to Turner. Hooch they're, they're, is second they're, banana <laughs> to no one. Exactly, they're together the whole time. I, it's only by by means of screen time though. That, yes. That, but it's still a two hander movie because it is a cat and mouse movie. Yeah. You can't have a cat and yeah. mouse movie. We just don't get as much backstory of Hanratty. But you don't need it. He's no. he's a simpler character, and Hanks kind of is able to be a little bit more spiced with it. Do you th- did this accent, this hack Hanksent, Hanksent, the Hanksent that he has, was this based on truth? Did he add it for character purposes? Where does this Hanksent come from? I did. I I, I, I don't have does... any pages in my research for this. Because but, uh... if this character is an amalgam, did he just? 
decide. I wonder if this is mentioned in any commentary or somewhere. I think, and like, if I was just to extrapolate and completely speculate, uh, I think it, well, A, it's a fun thing you can do. Yeah. Um, And B, his accent is so appropriate to his by-the-books wet blanket character that that makes sense to me. Like, because he's, and he's offered the opportunity to be a supporting character, Tom Hanks doesn't have to do as grounded as a performance that he's usually asked to do, especially in these, well, this is a comedy, but it's it's not like slapstick comedy like he used to do yeah. uh, back in the 80s. This is an opportunity for him to get a little bit more spiced with his performance. So he can do a little bit of an accent, mm-hmm. and he can be a little bit more exaggerated with his character traits. I wonder what his salary was on this movie compared to Leo. I wonder if they were kind mm. of equally paid because Leo was still coming up but he was pretty bad. I mean, this was after Titanic. So, yes, yeah, so he was in the he man, and Tom's Tom. And is he, Tom yeah. taking a pay cut for his buddy Stephen? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, obviously he didn't work as many days as Leo. That's true. Uh, Do you feel like Tom Hanks is an ego about that sort of thing, though? I don't. No, I don't. There are certain actors. I'm sure he was paid the 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 money he was he was due. Yeah, sure you'll notice. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't know. And when he showed up, on Gene the... Hackman. Yes. Uh, didn't get top billing in the firm. So he said, no billing at all, thank you. He wanted to top billing over Tom ha- uh, Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. And they were said, nope, sorry, it's Tom Cruise first. So they took his name off because he's not on the poster, no billing. Wow. Uh, there are some actors who get uh, pretty uh, uppity about billing and things like that. Not Tom uh, Hanks. Well, you notice uh, Marlon Brando is the first on in the Superman movies. Jack Nicholson in the original a- Batman. A- again, over Michael Keaton. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, not Hanks. I not don't Hanks. Think he, no. he doesn't have an ego about this. No, he's Alex, just a regular so. guy. Yeah. I mean, he's not credit. It's it's not Tom Hanks' Toy Story. It's, it's no. a fucking Pixar Toy Story. Yeah. You find yeah. out later, and it's like the greatest surprise <laughs> ever. Uh, and actually, it's interesting that you mentioned billing on billboards, because this, this the movie poster mm. and everything, it says DiCaprio Hanks, so Hanks does have second billing. Mm. But what's interesting to me is that Steve, a Steven Spielberg film is so very tiny it's like it's not being purported as a Spielberg. And I'm wondering if that's because this has something to do with what a Spielberg movie is generally thought of, at least post-90s, is yeah. more your serious drama stuff. Or pre-90s epic event. Yeah, which which this, this movie, one doesn't seem like that. It doesn't it, fit this, into either category. No, you're right. It's not your traditional Spielberg film. That's one of the reasons I really love it is because it's like the most unique, different kind of Spielberg movie. It's kind of mainstream, really. Yeah. And I think, I wonder if they're, they lessened his involvement, at least in the marketing, because mm. they didn't want to, people to go in with expectations or be like, this seems, is yeah. it going to be like this or like this? Or maybe they would think well, it was more of a drama true, that True, but when you have DiCaprio and Hanks, do you even need Spielberg's name up there? Well, because I'm, those two are selling tickets already. It's true, it's true. It's not like they need it, but it's, it just seems striking. And I notice they're doing the same thing for Bridge of Spies. You don't see Spielberg's name on every single bus thing going mm. by. It's Tom Hanks, of course. But it's, but I don't know anything about Bridge of Spies. I just know it's a thriller. I don't know who Tom Hanks is playing. Um, he's an insurance lawyer. Yeah, this doesn't seem appealing to me. <laughs> it's Tom Hanks, though. But, but sure. You, actually, no, that's a good point, though. That actually is in my favor. You don't know what the movie's about, and yet they're not boasting it as a Spielberg movie to bring you in even more. No, they're boasting it as a Hanks movie. Yeah. 
Which why wouldn't you do Spielberg and Hanks yeah. when you're when you're subject matter? I have seen is some so... posters that say from director Spielberg. Yeah, but I feel but, like it's yeah. it's played it's, yeah a little it's played underplayed under, underplayed. So I'm 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 curious why that is. Maybe it's again like this movie less traditional Spielberg, and that's why they're doing that. Yeah, we'll find out well, yes. very soon. Did we have anything else to talk about uh, Tom Hanks performance wise? Not so much. He's great as always. I just like it when he has a win. When he like he has this facial expression where he taps a desk, he's like, "Bingo, I got him!" You know, <laughs> this is perfect. What's the Hanksiest line in this movie? Where's that thing where he kind of breaks the? Yeah, accent? I think it, it's it's there is a point I can't tell you off the top of my head, but when he either hangs up the phone or when he when he when he's got him, like I think I might one of my favorite scenes is when he's waiting for that second call mm -hmm. on Christmas Eve, and he's got his mooks, his there, mooks there because he knows he's gonna call and he yeah. gets him, and then he's like. He solves it because he's like, get the newspaper, find out who got engaged. She has to keep the name Cooper because he's getting married now. Connor. He, con excuse me. He's got to keep that name Connor. Uh, he solved it. He's, he's, he's had a win. Uh, yeah. Because it. it's been so long since he's had a win. He's been outsmarted by this guy so in person. So many times. And then he's finally cracks him. Every, uh, every, actually, every time they're on the phone together, Hanks ends the scene victoriously. Yes. And it's funny because in that first time they have that phone scene... It's so depressing for Hanks. He's the mm. only one yeah. in the office. He look the way he it's no shot. Life. And they go yeah. to the wide shot, and it's so depressing. They talk about his wife, and Leo's just getting it all in until Tom Hanks is able to figure out that makes that turn. Wait, you yeah. have no one else to call. Exactly, you're just calling to apologize, and he he ends yeah. on a victorious note. And even then, he kind of yeah. has it's not the big got him that you're saying yeah. uh, that I think definitely qualifies for the Hanksiest line. Yes, but he still has that like ha ha. Yeah. I post to you, if this Tom Hanks movie were an ice cream flavor, yeah. what ice cream would it be? Well, you know, is it is it like Rocky Road? Because does no. it have... Rocky Road to Perdition. We're saving that one. Rocky Road what? Rocky, Rocky Road, Road to Perdition. <laughs> I'm just saying because it has two flavors that meld together perfectly. Yes, yes. No, you're right. And you know? Is that salted caramel? Because it's got a bit of this and a bit of that. It works together. I feel like salted yeah. caramel, that, that seems but, more one flavor. But it's a little, yeah, a little too... I don't like my salt with my caramel. I just like my sweets. Mm -hmm. But this has the two flavor, two, two perfect flavors sort of melded together, which is mm. why I would say your chocolate and your marshmallow from your Rocky Road. Uh, oh, my God. I, I might have something. What's, what's that? This is... It's shocking because this is probably my actual favorite ice cream. Yes. But the, the Leo... Is the main thing, so yes. it's maybe not a half and half mix. Yeah, it's more of a 60-40. So let's say you got your vanilla ice cream yes. and your Butterfinger throughout. So this is a McFlurry? This is a, <laughs> this is a Butterfinger Blizzard. It's light, it's fluffy, yes. and it's got just that nice, perfect mixture. Oh, wonderful. Oh, I want some now. <laughs> oh my god. Yes. Catch me if you can. One of my favorite Tom Hanks movies. Literally compared to my favorite ice cream, <laughs> I feel like I kind of led you down that. Well, are you you happy with that decision? I'm yeah, I'm all I'm on board. This is the best Tom Hanks movie <laughs> by ice cream standards. By ice cream standards, and it's certainly really good. I like real quick because I'm kind of going through. Obviously, we're going through Spielberg movies. Yes, you won't get to be on the other episodes. No. We've just talked about Saving Private Ryan the last month or the last episode. Let's compare and contrast those movies. You've seen that one, of course. Which one? Sorry. Saving Private Ryan. Oh, yes. Well, that is your war three-hour epic. How do you feel comparatively? Do you, which one do you lean toward? Well, I, I, catch me if you can. I don't want to be <laughs> depressed all the time. I don't want to see all these guns. Me too. I, I, I like to see my guns 
out front not being <laughs> shot, as opposed to there's no blood in this movie. I love that these two act, this actor and this director, they can make such powerful films on completely different ends of the spectrum. Yes, and I know next week you're talking about The Terminal. I probably prefer The Terminal to Catch Me If You Can, mm-hmm. only because The Terminal is a Tom Hanks movie. Catch Me If You Can is a Leo movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I st- it's still Tom Hanks' movie to me, though. Uh, Tom Hanks is going full hack- full Hanks set in The Terminal. Uh, <laughs> oh he's God, full that's... chub <coughs> in that movie. Uh, I-, I love that they couldn't find a hanger and they had to build one. It's for this great. movie. So, uh... Alright, that's our preview for next week's episode, yes. where we're coming back with Steven Spielberg to talk about their third uh, director-actor collaboration, The Terminal. Steven will sadly not be joining us for that, but I hope you come back. I do. I've, I've, I'm bookmarking myself for my favorite movie. I don't know if it'll happen or not. Uh, a League of Their Own. It is my favorite movie of all time. I saw it in the cinemas as a young child in Sydney, Australia, and did it move me to tears? Yes, it did. You know I uh, want you on that for that reason, but I kind of feel like I need a girl for that episode. Oh, uh, it's true. It's true. Uh, we'll I, see. We'll see I, where I we're just, at. I, I might cry, but I know there's no crying in podcasts. There's no crying in podcasts! <laughs> um, thanks so much for being on the show. Catch me if you can. Wonderful movie. Wonderful co-host, Stephen Brandon. Where else can we find you? What, let's, let's do all the plugs right here. Uh, look, check me out on uh, Twitter, at StephenB29. Instagram, mm-hmm. at StephenB29B. Uh, TVTalkTonight.com, you'll find all my clips of all my game shows and stuff. It's actually just links to my YouTube page. Uh, one other thing that I did with, that we didn't mention was uh, that I co-wrote and directed Lost the Musical. We took all six seasons of Lost, put it into a two-and-a-half-hour stage musical... Uh, performed it in Hollywood last year. Jorge Garcia came to see it and loved it. I ended up going on Kevin and Bean Radio and t- talking about the show, and we sold out the last three weeks because of that. If you like Lost and you want to see it as a musical, go to lostthemusical.com. Uh, you can download it for $9.99 or buy the DVD. That's a lot of fun. And, uh, I did. It is. I, saw the sh- I never watched the show, but I saw the musical loved it. Yeah, because it's basically just a you you know, don't, you don't castaway need... story right there. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to watch... Yeah, you don't if you watch see... Lost the Musical, I'll save you 117 hours yes. so you don't have to binge watch Lost. It was pretty much perfect for me. And then you'll see me uh, actually coming up very soon on another game show, uh, Sweat Inc. on Spike. Uh, Jillian Michaels does this uh, exercise show where she has all these entrepreneur fitness instructors trying to sell their next fitness program, like the next Zumba or wow. the next P90X. And every uh, entrepreneur had two guinea pigs to work with for a month to lose weight and work out, and I was a guinea pig. So uh, that show starts airing October 20th. I believe I'm episode 5, November 17th. Don't hold me to it, they may change the order. Uh, But you'll see me working out and uh, shedding the pounds, and uh, maybe I'll win some money, maybe I won't. You'll have to check out the episode and, to see that. And guys, I know you can't see, but Steven is just <laughs> a Greek god standing next to me, uh, body shaming me the whole time with just his mere presence. So it's pretty, you got to check out this transformation. Not at all, but if you do want to see uh, my naked bottom, uh, <laughs> go to Hulu.com and look at uh, Dating Naked Episode 2, Season 1, to see me uh, in Panama water skiing naked. You bring the nerd party. I do, that's true. That I became a meme. For a short time, I was a meme. Yes. Uh, thanks for being in the nerd party. Thanks you're for welcome. Being... Oh, and you can, if you're a local listener, where can they, uh, go to karaoke? Oh, this is true. If you are in the Burbank, Hollywood area, uh, usually you can catch me at Residuals Tavern on a Sunday night hosting karaoke, uh, or you can catch me on Tuesday night at Residuals hosting trivia. Uh, I'm at the York and Highland Park on Monday nights, and I'm at Oldfield's Liquor Room on Wednesday nights hosting trivia. Check that out at actiontrivia.com. 
All right. I also have to thank Stephen for being uh, the one person who has had so many plugs that he's made up for all of my guests who have had nothing to plug. <laughs> so I feel like we're at a wonderful even balance now. Okay. So thank you so much for that. If you're still listening, good on you. <laughs> uh, if you are still listening, follow me, uh, my personal account, at Elvis Kunish on Twitter and Instagram. Of course, follow the podcast, at Tom Hanks Pod. If you're listening to this on Tom Hanks Tuesday, tomorrow, Wednesday, we'll have a clip where we recreate a scene from... Catch me if you can on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash splot studios, S-P-L-O-T studios. All these links and all Steven's plugs are in the show notes at splotstudios.com or tomhanksgiving.com. Go to one of those websites. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. Catch me if you can later. He, he had that one from the beginning. That was good. That was good. Tom Hanks, we fell in love with you, Tom Hanks. Just like so many do deeply Because you made a smile And you're great on screen style So that's why we give thanks Cause you've got a friend in Tom Hanks Tom Hanks Tom Hanks You are that second mouse. Hmm? You are that oh, second oh, mouse. Yes, yes yeah. that works as well.